0: Well, let's look at Hebrews 13 5. Got some specific things I want to get into tonight. Um, we've been in a series called God is with you, and um, not done yet. Let's look at Hebrews 13.5. It says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Notice that it says, the Lord is my helper. We talked about that last week. In the NLT, verse 5 there says, For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Never leave you. Never forsake you. We've been, we've been touching on that in different aspects. He, he never will fail us. He'll never leave us. And He is actually our helper. Look at Isaiah 41.10. Just recapping a, a few of these verses, these are kind of the verses we use as a launching pad. We'll just going over them as we uh, move into some others this evening. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He said, I will help you there. Now let's look at John 14, 15. We read this last week. It says, if you, this is Jesus speaking. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Verse 16, it says, I will pray the Father and he, I will, or he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. In the Amplified Classic, verse uh, is that 15 or 16, do you have verse? Um, I guess it'd be sixteen. I think it put fifteen there. Yep. It says, "I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Comforter, Counselor, Helper, Intercessor, Advocate, Strengthener, Standby, that He may remain with you forever." So Jesus is saying, "I will uh, pray the Father. He's going to send you another Helper." It says the New King James that word translated Helper there. Here in the amplified, it says comforter, and then there's several words that bring out the meaning of this. It says counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. That he may dwell or may remain with you forever. So we talked about that last week. The Holy Spirit is our helper. What does a helper do? Well, he helps. So the helper. If you're a born again Christian the helper is in you. You don't have to go get him. You know, you don't have to call a helpline. You have to say, "Ooh, you know, you have a a technical issue with a certain product, you know, like there's used to be lines you could call, still is. But a lot of times it's like, you know, a website or something or you know, a chat window which can be nice. Not necessarily as good as having somebody that knows what they're talking about, you know, on the phone with you. But those things are available in the natural. But, you know, as a a Christian, you have the helper on the inside of you. You don't have to go to some website. You don't have to make a phone call. He's on the inside of you. He is our helper. He helps us. With what? With everything. Now, we spent some time on that uh, last week. I want to cover something specific tonight. Look at Romans 8, verse 14. The helper is in us as a Christian. But there is another experience, apart from salvation, I think talking about this God being with us, I just impressed. You know, we need to, and I, I alluded to it last week, we talked about it a little bit, but we need to talk about Uh, a little bit further um, experience subsequent to salvation called the baptism uh, in the the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God as you're born again. But that's not all he does. He's there to help, but in the way he helps, there's so much available to us that the Holy Spirit is there to do in a lot of what you tap, you tap into a lot of that by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of them but there is a, an experience subsequent to salvation that's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and that induces you with power, and that gives you access to so much more of what the Holy Spirit uh, does in a believer's life. And so when you're talking about helping, well, without this, you're going to get a fraction of, your, of the help that you could be getting. It was never God's uh, will that we would be without this. That we would not have it and a lot of the church world has kind of put it on the side like that's optional well that's okay for you or that's okay for some people believe in that but you know I'm not one of those I, I said back. what, well, you're missing out that that would be you know like you buying a product and it having a whole a car and let's say there's a whole package that came with it and you're like well I don't need that part I'll do without it well you could do without it or you could just get the whole package Let's, go, let's look at uh, Romans 8, verse 26. I want to look at what we're going to, we'll see how far we get this evening. We may be able to get through all this, but I want to spend some time, look at some of the benefits of it, and then just look at some in the scriptures. Because, you know, you don't receive anything that the Word of God teaches. You don't receive that apart from the Word of God, just because somebody said so. You want to know why you believe it. And we're going to go through some of this. You know, if you already have been filled with the Holy Spirit, great. Uh, this will serve as a strengthening for us to utilize it. It doesn't matter if you've been filled, if we, don't, if we don't use it. And we're talking about God helping us and God being with us. We need this to be strong in us. We need to understand that this is available and, and how to tap into some of these things. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit himself... Or likewise, the Spirit also helps us, or helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So one thing... uh, the Spirit does, is He helps us to pray as we ought. Now we'll see this more here. Um, It mentions that He'll help us to pray. We don't know what to pray, but He'll help us to pray uh, as we ought to pray. That's one thing the Spirit will do, help us to pray as we ought to pray. And we'll come back to this, I believe. You know, it mentions there that He makes intercession for us with groanings which can be uttered. Another translation says groanings that can't be uttered in an articulate speech. Commentary says that. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Actually, go back there. I wasn't through with that. Verse 26. It says, for we do not know uh, what we should pray for as we ought, to, ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27, now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now we're going to see this, we're going to get into this more, but one of the things the Spirit of God does by the, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, which you see, we'll see is biblical, is He makes intercession for us. When we don't know what to pray, He knows what to pray. You don't know always what to pray, but He does. And He can help us to pray out, we're going to read this in a minute, mysteries, things that our mind doesn't know, but which the Spirit of God knows needs to be prayed for. Aren't you glad you don't have to know everything? Anybody want to stand up and say, actually, I do know everything? <laughs> no, nobody knows everything. People that think they know everything just actually know a little. <laughs> they don't realize how much they don't know. Some of that comes with age. You know, you, you thought you knew a lot, and then you realize, actually, I didn't know anything. Let me just sit down. Hopefully that happens. At some point in your life, hopefully that starts. Not that you don't know stuff. Not that I don't know stuff. But the more you go, the more you realize how little what you know is of all there is to know. But we know one that knows everything. And the Bible says he's our helper. And the Bible says he'll help us to pray. When you don't know what to do, you know what to do. You pray in other tongues. I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll just we'll, we'll backfill. This is one of the most important things. Praying in the Spirit is actually setting yourself up to to be able to pray the perfect will of God. When you don't know what needs to happen, you can pray out mysteries. I mean, it's like a super weapon. It's a secret weapon. Secret weapon, super secret weapon. I mean, the devil does not want you to do this because that's why he's tried so hard to shut it down. Tried to make it look like, ooh, that's weird so you won't do it. You know, it's like you have a bazooka sitting there, and like, well, you can't use that. You just got to use, you know, the pistol. And you got, or a tank sitting there. You could win, but, you know, you can't use that. That, That's literally, the Spirit of God came, and we're supposed to be endued with power, and it's like us putting the power aside, and, well, you can't use that high caliber weapon. We'll just put that aside, because, you know, We'll just, we'll sit with just this. We'll sit with the little pea shooter, because that's good enough. Why would you do, I played video games growing up. You know, I played, I liked video games growing up. It was a challenge for me not to play too, I don't think this is the right in English, too much, you know, too much video games is wrong, but too much. I can say play too much. Too many hours. I had good parents. They would limit it. In fact, they wouldn't even let me play during the week, and then I got, or if we did get to play, it was you know, no more than a half hour, certain days, and it definitely wasn't until we had everything done in the house, you know, piano lessons, any kind of chores we had to do, any homework. But then on the weekend, you gotta play a little more. But you know, I like to play different video games was intrigued by it, you know. Became a software engineer. The first thing, when I was in fifth grade, we got a computer. You know, Apple. It was an Apple clone. It wasn't even an Apple II. It was an Apple II clone. Does anybody in this room know what I'm talking about? <laughs> nope. Okay. Well, it's a personal computer way back in the day, and uh, we had a clone of that, which means it was a, you know, knockoff of an Apple, but it did all the same stuff. And a monochrome monitor. One color. It was orange, you know, amber. Literally, on the monitor it was just orange. You couldn't have any other colors. But I was so glad to get that thing. And I wanted one and begged my parents and we got one. And the first thing I did was learn how to program graphics. I wanted to know, and it wasn't like it is now where I could just go Google it on, or go to YouTube and find out somebody that knew how to do it. There was none of that. I had to go to the bookstore and try to find somebody that wanted to write a book on it that I could understand as a fifth grader. That was not easy. But I remember I would get, I wanted to do stuff, so I found this book, this you know, basic Apple graphics. And so this one thing, I remember, you, know, you do different graphics and you got to where you could, I, I could make a, a, a fish jump in an arc, you know, like jump in the water and then jump over. And, it, and to do that, you needed to use math that I didn't even know. So cosine and sine and stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but this is what you're supposed to program in, and I would get the, ju- the fish to jump. Anyhow, I liked graphics, and so I liked computer, I liked uh, video games. But one of the things is, you know, if you're in a video game and you have weapons like power-ups, you use them you know when you start out any of these shooters you don't have anything you're like just shooting with one little bullet and then you get a power-up it's like two bullets and you get a power-up it's like four bullets and then you get another power-up it's like some big you know super wide beam and then you get another thing and it's like throwing bombs at the same time why in the world wouldn't i use those things if i have them nope sorry i just want to use the little shooter that's the way we are sometimes. The Holy Spirit, the Almighty God resides in us and He said, I will endue you with power when the Holy Spirit is poured out and, and we can just be on the sideline go, well, I'm not going to use that. Not consciously, nobody would do that. But distracted, oh, I don't like that. Oh, you know, I don't believe that. Well, that's why we're going over the verses in the Bible. Let's... let's um, Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. Woo. All right, we'll try to get through some of this. You know, in the context of God is with you, I think we're talking about God is with you, and then we could preach a whole other series than we have before. But we're trying to, to cover some of this. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2. It says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. That's a Bible verse, okay? So I want to strengthen, you know, people are going to fall into two categories. You know, either you're filled with the Holy Spirit or you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to know why we believe it and step out and be bold and use it. I'm not saying you go use it in the middle of the mall. You'd be weird. You don't start blabbing. People aren't going to know what you're going to do, and the, the Bible talks about that. That, that's not, that. that doesn't help you. But I'm saying you use it in your life. Don't back away. Maybe this is something we need to bring back to the forefront in your life because we can tap in to God uh, praying through us and, and praying things that we don't know, and he can do you with power to do what you're already called to do. But it says, verse 14, He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, But to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. See, in the spirit, you speak things that you don't know, but God knows. He's speaking through you. It's like Morse code, only you don't know what the Morse code is. You know, if you didn't know Morse code, it's kind of like that. I don't know Morse code. Anybody know Morse code here? Like you literally, if somebody like we're playing it, you'd you'd be tuning it? No. Well, if, if, you, if you don't know it, and some people do, uh, stuff can be being said, but you don't know what it is. That doesn't mean there's not something there. That's the way the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, speaking in other tongues. But you're speaking out mysteries. It doesn't matter. You're not speaking to yourself. Now, there is tongues and interpretations. There's times when you can interpret yeah, your own uh, language. But in general, you're speaking mysteries, and you're speaking... Uh, things that you don't know, but God knows, and you're speaking them out, and that's how we get things done, then we can get things done in this natural realm and tap into things that God already has for us that we maybe don't know about. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Notice that. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is fruitful. Some people say, well, praying in tongues is just knowing another language, naturally. Well, that would contradict this verse. If you're praying, if you're, if you're, if you're speaking in another language, your head is totally involved. I'm talking about, like, you know, not your native tongue you, in and in just a natural language you learn intellectually. You know, you have to use your cognitive ability to do that. If you don't speak Spanish... Now you know, that's not your native language. You had to learn Spanish. Then you're gonna have to think about it, or German, or Chinese, or Russian, or whatever. Here it says, "If I pray in a tongue," talking about tongues inspired by the Holy Spirit, it says, "My spirit prays, but my understanding is fruit unfruitful." That means your mind is unfruitful. That's okay. Some people say, "Well, I don't understand." You don't need to understand. You need to do what the word of God says and flow with that. And there is wonderful benefits to that. And when we know what we're actually doing, that we're speaking out mysteries, we can be praying our future out before, you know, when we don't know what to pray for, we're praying things out ahead of time by the unction of the Holy Spirit, praying things that need to be prayed just by hooking up with him. You can't pray selfishly this way because you don't know what you're praying. So it eliminates all selfishness from your praying. It says, my understanding is unfruitful. Look at the same verse in the Amplified Bible. It says, for if I pray in an unknown tongue, My spirit, by the Holy Spirit within me, prays, but my mind is unproductive. It bears no fruit and helps nobody. Somebody said, well, I don't understand. Well, the Bible says your mind doesn't understand. There's a whole lot of stuff like that in the natural world. You don't need to understand everything about the way your car works in order to to drive it here. You may be a mechanic. You may be able to, to uh, describe in minute detail everything that goes on underneath the hood. But at the same time, you don't need to know that in order to drive the car. Your mind doesn't have to understand everything that's going on when you're speaking by the, the Spirit of God. You just need to cooperate with what, he say, what, what uh, the Spirit of God's given you, unction to do and you can receive the benefits, even though your mind's going, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And your mind will tell you that. It can tell you that. But we can pray in the Spirit, pray by the Spirit, and pray out mysteries, pray things out that we don't No, in the natural. I would use this as a software engineer all the time. I'd be at work praying underneath my breath. No, I did not speak. it. I just didn't, you know, in my cubicle at the top of my lungs just start spraying in other tongues. No, people would think you're weird and you would be weird. But under my breath, I would. I don't know what's going on in a certain situation. You run up against issues. You don't know how to solve it. I'd be praying on her tongue. I would ask God for wisdom, and I'd just be praying in the Spirit. And you get answers that way. You can be praying things out in your future. I remember when I was um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. I was a, uh, I had just gotten my first job. I I had been an intern at this company in Lincoln. And, uh, company that made encryption products, or actually it was scrambling, it was analog scrambling at that point before there was a lot of digital and it was in radio. And so uh, they made two-way scramblers, analog scramblers, and they were frequency hopping. So you would put the piece in, in one radio and another piece in another radio and so as you're transmitting it's constantly changing the frequency that it's transmitting on and, the, and you have to know which frequency it's going to go to next in order to receive and then it has uh, a piece of equipment the other one that's constantly changing at the same rate and so before there was all the digital encryption, you could hear, uh, you could talk in um, code that way. So then if somebody intercepted, they, they couldn't understand anything, it just sounded like It sounded like that. So I was an intern there and then I, uh, so that I was an intern there and then I started full-time. And so I wanted to buy a house in Lincoln, and I would would spend my afternoons on Sunday um, going to open houses and looking around, and just nothing was settling. I just couldn't get, I was like, I'm not seeing anything I really want. But I would just be driving around, praying in the Spirit, speaking out mysteries, praying in other tongues, just was praying about that, didn't know specifically, but just impressed, I'm going to be praying in this direction about a house. Nothing didn't look like there was anything. But then there was a coworker. He was moving. He was quitting, uh, you know, moving to another job, moving out of state, and found out that he had a house. Actually, I went to his going away. Wasn't even invited until he came back in the office and was like, hey, we're having a party. You should come. And I was like, oh, okay. So I said yes. So I went and talked to him. Then I went to his house, and I'm like, this is like five minutes from the place I work. You know, that's where he was living. And I was like, this is like the perfect size and this is like the perfect thing. This is exactly what I want. And we were talking about it. He's like, yeah, I'm selling it. Long story short, bought that house before it ever went on the market. We talked about it. We worked out a price. You know, my, my, my family um, is in the real estate business, so I had some help from my dad to do the papers and whatever. He helped us out, bought that house. Uh, had that house then, you know, a, less than a year after I started my full-time job. And then we had that house till we went to Rema. Sold the house for a profit. Went down to and, uh to train for ministry. But it was a blessing. But, I, you know, I, I, I was praying those things out. I was, as I was going to open houses, I'm just praying about it. Well, God can use that in every area. You can be praying things out. See, I couldn't pray. I could say, God, help me to find the right house. You, you, could, you can pray in a limited fashion for certain things. But he knew, I'm praying out things that exactly what needs to happen. I don't need to know all that with my mind. I can pray out these things in the spirit. And God is helping me in a greater way. He is with us, but this is is making it... He is there uh, in such a greater way to help us. So He can be with us, and if we're not utilizing it, it's like we have this tremendous amount of power sitting there, tremendous ability to be directed and guided and helped, and it's just sitting there. We can tap into it. When, When we're facing any kind of a uh, decision, direction. Um, you know, we, we face a problem. One thing we ought to be doing is praying in tongues about it, Praying in the Spirit. Letting the, uh, letting the Spirit pray through you. You're giving unction to Him. He's not going to take you and make you, your mouth move. No, He doesn't do that. He's a gentleman. But He's given unction to you. Unction means, you know, He's, he's helping you to speak. I encourage you to, to pray in tongues uh, often, a good deal. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, verse 15. Talking about some of the benefits and just want to get into, you know, just going through the scriptures. We'll see how much we can cover. 1 Corinthians uh, 14, verse 15 says, What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, I will also sing with the understanding. So you can, pray, you can pray things out in English or whatever your native language is, that's good. But you can also pray in the Spirit. And we're supposed to be doing both of them. I mean, we have the ability to do both of them, I should say. It's available to us. You need to pray in the English, too. You need to pray with your understanding. Don't just pray in the Spirit, you know, at, at just uh, at the expense of praying in English. No, we have the Word of God. We should pray the Word of God. But then there's a whole lot of situations where you don't even know what to pray at all. But there's an unction to pray. And that's how you can pray. You can be praying in the Spirit, praying things out. Praying As you pray in the Spirit, you're actually, you can be praying your future out, your future decisions out, and somebody likened it like this to this. It's like laying tracks down before a train. So the train's going like your life is going. As you're praying, you're putting the tracks out in front to run on. As we pray things out in the Spirit, as we pray... um, we can pray with understanding, but as we pray mysteries out, we're laying things out, we're getting things set in, in, in motion. God knows what we're going to need in the future. And he can pray these things out. Isn't it nice? You don't have to know all that stuff. But you can pray the things out that you're going to need. You don't even know you need it. But you can be praying things out. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. The Apostle Paul said... He said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. This is, a possible, this is in the Bible. So if we did, it, you know, because it, it, some people believe, they actually believe speaking in tongues is of the devil. Well, that's kind of hard to reconcile with this verse. The Apostle Paul said, I speak with tongues more than everybody. More than all, you all. And he's talking to a church. In Corinthians, the Corinthians at the church of Corinth, he's saying, I I speak with tongue more than all you guys. Well, he also wrote a good portion of the New Testament. You think there's any correlation? He knew what he was talking about. Power. Gives us power. Look at Jude, verse 20. Jude has one chapter, so it just has verses. our scripture says one verse 20, but usually it's just like, okay. It's just verse 20. There's one chapter, so. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, referring to this. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. But you, you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is uh, helping you to be strengthened and built up. We talk about the helper. We're talking about God being with us. He is there to help you, and this is one of the ways He does it. That word that's, that says building yourselves up, that word means to build upon or to rear up. It's like, it, uh, if, if you look at, um, well, we'll just talk about this. When you talk about building yourself up, we're talking about building your inner man up, your spirit up. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, 4. It says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. That word edifies there means to construct. It means to be a house builder. It means to build something up. It also has the connotation of, you could say like recharging. Like you think of a battery, it gets recharged. That When we're speaking in a tongue, that that when it says edifying himself, it means building up. It means it's like recharging a battery. So this is another thing that the benefit of of speaking in tongues, of being filled with the Holy Spirit, is that you get strengthened as you do it. So if you ever feel worn down spiritually, you need to go to the Word of God. You need to be sure that you're feeding on the Word of God. But another thing you can do is spend spend time praying in other tongues. It's a refreshing. It is a building up. It's like recharging. Because one thing is you're yielding to your spirit on the inside of you instead of your mind, instead of your flesh, instead of the natural things. You're you're looking to the inside, so you have to. To do this, you have to shut off your brain to a degree and hook up with your spirit because your brain will say, Ah, that's a waste of time. What are we going to do? Why are we going to spend time doing that? That's a waste of time. So you have to speak, you got to put your flesh down. You've got to turn your mind off because your mind will be like, now nah, I want to think about something. And your mind can be active. The more you can shut it off and just speak, uh, hook up with your spirit, the more that we can uh, you know, continue on and, and really receive the benefits. But that doesn't say, you, you know, your mind can have thoughts. You just got to push it uh, in the right direction. But it says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. So you feel like I'm just worn out. I don't have any strength. This is a good place to, do, to, to look and to start doing. Wait, I have this tool. I It'd be like, you know, you know I got a, a shaver at home. That needs to be recharged. It'd be silly if the thing you know when it when it gets low it just starts going slower and slower and it doesn't work very well. It'd be silly for me to go oh it's slowing down. Mm. When I have a cord there that I can plug in and recharge the thing and then it works full power again. This is another thing. We we can be recharging ourselves spiritually by doing this. And when you talk about God being with you, He can seem like He's out there. And you can try to get stuff going in your mind and try, yeah, you can go over the Word, thank God for the Word, speak the Word out. That's one way to do it, speak the Word out and say things. Another thing you can do is just start building yourself up and praying in the Spirit. And He's there to do it. He's there to help you. He's there to give you the utterance, to give you the, the ability to speak out. And to edify, to build up ourselves. So that we can be strong. It also means to edify, it means to edify, but to embolden. You, get, you embolden yourself. You just Sometimes you know our flesh just says we you know we don't feel anything. Our flesh says I don't want to do anything. Your mind says I just feel so listless. I feel like there's just so dry spiritually. Well, this is a good place to push through and to build ourselves up and to recharge. We can build ourselves up. We can get strengthened. We can speak out mysteries. We can pray out things that we don't know in the natural, pray out uh, our future. We can pray for situations that we don't know. There may be somebody that you know, that you know they need something from God. Now you can ask God, and you can pray scripture over them, You you can speak the word over them, But you you may not know exactly what they need and what's going to help them to see. You don't know exactly what needs to happen in their life. But God does. God knows. And this is a perfect place to speak and pray out for someone else, for a situation. You can be praying out uh, mysteries Praying God's perfect will for that person because your mind can only, you can only, you only know so much and you can pray generally and you can pray, but sometimes you reach to the point where you don't know what else to pray, but you know they need something. Pray in the spirit. Yield yourself to pray in the spirit. Lord, I'm going to pray about this situation. Now, you can't control exactly what you're saying, but you can have them on, the, on, on mind and say, Lord, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray things out. Lord, I want to pray for this person and anything else that you want to pray for, we're going to yield ourselves. I'm going to yield myself to pray things out in the Spirit. I prayed with my understanding. Now, I'm going to pray in the Spirit, and I'm just going to spend some time praying in the Spirit about that situation. I remember... Uh, you know, God can, God can tell you and help you to pray things out that you have no idea about. I remember our pastor in Lincoln, Nebraska, he tells the story of uh, his son was on a, uh, a trip. I believe it was with the Boy Scouts or something like that. And there was, he was awakened in the middle of the night or late at night. And he just, you know, woke it and he thought of his son and he, he had the impression to pray in the spirit. He didn't know what was going on. He was just praying. And he found out later in their camp, they found out that there was a, a, a grizzly bear going through the camp. A tent does not protect you from a grizzly bear. And walking through the camp and none, nobody was hurt and there was a situation where they could have been hurt, but nothing was happening. And that's when he was praying about it. He didn't know. He didn't have any clue that's what he was praying about. But he compared notes. He felt he, he was impressed that it was for his son. And it was at this time. And he compared notes, and that's what was going on. I've heard story after story, account after account of people praying things out. They didn't know, but they had an impression that they were praying for a certain person. Compared notes for them, there was something going on that they needed. They needed help, and God was using somebody. may have been halfway around the world, somebody that was willing to pray, praying things out for that other person when there's no way they could know what to pray with their mind. But God knew. And they could pray, they could yield themselves and pray uh, as the Spirit gave them the ability. Praise God. Well, let's look at one more verse. Maybe one or two, but just in closing, because I'm not going to get through all the other ones. I want to go through uh, the verses in, in, in the Bible in Acts and go through uh, you know some of these. I want to go through these to uh, you know, just give some support and see the early church doing this. But uh, we won't have time to go over all these tonight. But Mark 16, verse 14, I want you to re- or no, excuse me, Acts 1, verse 4. Put up Acts 1, verse 4, please, next verse. It says, "...and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem." Is Jesus talking to the disciples. "...but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons." which the father has put in his authority verse 8 but you shall receive power when the holy spirit co- has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in all Samaria and to the ends of the earth now Jesus said you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses Jesus at this point he has already risen he already died on the cross they already believe on him. And Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, was 50 days later. They were already born again. They are, Jesus already died. He already was resurrected. He already, he, he had already, uh, he's, standing, he's standing there talking to him, but he's saying you need something additional. And that's what this is referring to. Look at Acts uh, 2 verse 1 just a little bit. Later then, on the day of Pentecost, so like I said, it's 50 days after this day, or after uh, when he rose. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is what Jesus was talking about and this is when it came. And notice what it says. It says, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is the, the evidence of being filled is speaking in other tongues because the Holy Spirit was on them. It's not, in other words, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and not speaking with tongues. That's how it happened. And we can, there's many more verses that we'll go over, uh, probably have to go over next time. But that's the evidence. And that's what we're talking about is doing exactly that. They were endued with power at this point, and all these benefits that we've been referring to was theirs. Part of that's to be a witness. Part of that, they had all these things that Paul wrote about that you could could be praying in the Spirit, but it was supposed to be standard equipment. It was supposed to be what they were equipped with. Jesus said, you don't go to the next step until this happens. They waited. This is what was happening, and this is what happened throughout Acts. And you saw the Apostle Paul said, I pray with tongues more than any of you. This is emphasized, if we read the Bible and look at what the early church did, said, and and what other verses in the Bible said, it's, it's there And it's standard equipment. It's not supposed to be like, well, that's for you. No, it's for Christians. If we're Christians, we qualify. If we're believers, then this is what the Father would have us to have. To be operating in. And when we talk about Him being with us, this is a greater way He's with us. We're not supposed to Him just be with us just in a small measure... We're supposed to have this and get everything. And if we just talked about, well, you know, he's with me, but not referring to any of the benefits of what he wants to fully do in the life of the believer, I think we would be remiss. God wants us to walk fully in these things, and there has been a push against The baptism of the holy spirit for years and people mock it people make fun people they don't understand and yeah is there weirdness yeah because there's people people do weird stuff not just christians or not just spirit-filled christians people do stupid stuff and when people get exposed to even truth they can do weird stuff but that does not do away with the real And I believe we're just encouraging, if you've already been filled with the Spirit, this should encourage you by the Word of God to be taken advantage of it and to press in to everything that God has provided in this area. Now, we haven't got, I was, you know, I knew I had a lot here, you know, and try to, to cover in, in one session, but we'd just see how far we could get. There's, there's more scriptures that go through and, and look at, what the early church did, and and more evidence. But the Spirit, or being filled with the Spirit, is for us today. It is something that we can take advantage of, and if we've already been filled with the Spirit, then we, we ought to press into that. If we haven't, then it's the easiest thing. You can be filled with the Spirit of God. Praise God.